This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. What is Agent Ignite? Are you wondering how you can make more money and create a competitive advantage for yourself and your clients in this ever-competitive real estate industry? Agent Ignite is the key to furthering your knowledge, establishing your expertise, and positioning yourself as a go-to expert. They deliver new and relevant knowledge so you can expand your clientele, close more deals, and ultimately increase income. Each month features a new guest speaker who will deliver on what is most relevant for your business. As a member of DMAR's Market Trends Committee, an avid champion for building wealth through real estate, and a self-proclaimed data geek, Nicole will share market trends and commentary that will add value to you and your clients. Staying up to date on industry statistics coupled with niche topics delivered by industry experts will help you motivate your buyers and sellers and make you more money. Sign up for the next Agent Ignite session at theruthteam.com slash events. That's T-H-E-R-U-E-T-H team.com forward slash events. Our guest is Clinton Orr. Thanks for being on the show, Clinton. Thanks for having me, Whitney. So are there any kind of checklists we could be using while we're going through this process or for insurance for that piece of this puzzle? I have one right here that we try to go through, you know, from a pre-LOI standpoint, you know, as far as your underwriting and getting numbers to once you get into due diligence and doing a little bit of homework as far as the property, requesting loss runs from the previous owner, looking at their policy versus your policy and what your lender is going to want. You know, a lot of properties, the location of the property is going to change your price. If you're on the coast, you know, you can anticipate much higher insurance premiums. If it's a property built in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even early 80s, and they have aluminum wiring, that's going to be something that's going to increase your insurance costs. Things like that, looking into those, is it student housing? Is it vacant? You know, if, are you looking at this property and saying, okay, this is a huge value add play? We're, 30% occupied. So there's eight buildings that are empty. Well, your insurance professional should know that because that's going to be a completely different type of policy that they're going to have to write for you to protect you properly. So, you know, once the property has been purchased, there's, you know, this is what we do with all of our owners. We sit down and say, okay, this is your property now. This is what we found through our risk assessment situation. These are some things we want to see addressed. You know, we'll circle this wagon in 90 days and the objective is to make sure that you know, no one wants losses, not you as the owner, not the insurance company, not me. It affects all of us. I know that as from an insurance standpoint, there's a negative connotation, but it does. It affects everybody when there's losses paid. So I think we're all on the same page as trying to, the objective is to make sure that this property is safe and profitable. No doubt about it. And I wondered, I appreciate you going through some of those items, and, but I wanted to ask you, you know, how often and how much is the difference from, say, the, the seller's insurance policy to what you're quoting, you know, the new buyer? What's the normal, you know, the difference there, say, you know, even in the types of insurance or coverages that they have to even the cost? I hate to do this. It's going to vary. I mean, it all depends. I mean, insurance is peace of mind, right? That's what I sell. I sell peace of mind. You know, what might make seller give him peace of mind might not do that for you as buyer. You know, we look at that line item, you know, it is a starting point to say, okay, 
you're paying about this. And being that, you know, we've been doing this for 10 years, just about every day, we know if it's within ballpark, if it's the number that we look at it and you're at $150 a door, well, we're going to look at it and say, well, you probably don't have enough insurance. You're not covered properly. You know, if they go in and we have another one we're working on right now that they're close to $1,000 a door. We're like, okay, something's not right there. That's high. As far as per door, there really is, it all depends on coverage. You know, I mean, if someone's got a Fannie or Freddie loan or, you know, we're able to look at that number and say, okay, they might have flood insurance. They might, that's why it's high. Or they could have a Fannie or Freddie loan and that's what's running it up. There's just so many different variables, Whitney. It's, it really is tough to just say, sure. this is, you know, a rule of thumb is you're going to be paying 10% more than the previous guy. You know, I mean, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate, you know, drive home that we need to contact somebody like yourself, maybe not just go off those old or the seller's policy. You know, it's like we got to have a professional like yourself on our team, you know, so we can be, you know, during the underwriting process, I want to know. I want a pretty good number of what that insurance is going to be, you know, and be communicating with somebody like yourself. So we know that, you know, long before it's a final number, you know, that we think the property is worth or what the insurance is actually going to cost us, say, per unit or overall. So what are some of the bigger problems that you see, you know, investors making on the insurance side, whether it's from underwriting or whether it's not getting the correct coverage? Well, what I see a lot of, and especially now is, you know, these are investment properties, right? So most people are going to be number driven. They're going to look at a quote and say, well, this one's a hundred dollars cheaper or a thousand dollars cheaper, you know, whatever that number is. And you run the risk of what are you going to do in the event of a claim that's going to, you know, increase your rates by 10 times that because you didn't have coverage or you're going to have to come out of pocket you know, a lot of people get caught up on the number itself. And I get it because look, I mean, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at a spreadsheet of numbers and you want that NOI to be as, as high as possible because for your investors and for you and, you know, but you also want to make sure that you're protected because the last thing you want to do is go to your investors and say, Hey, look, I know I saved us a bunch of money on our insurance, but that policy did not have ordinance and law coverage and ordinance and law coverage is a big piece when you've got a building that you're looking at a value add play that the building was built in the 80s and you have a partial loss now and the city's like, well, you've got to get this entire building up to code. Well, you don't have that. An insurance policy doesn't have that built in most of the time. That's an added coverage. Fannie and Freddie require it. That's how important it is. And if that's not in your policy, you're going to be on the hook and you're going to have to go to your investors and say, you know, Hey, I know I saved a thousand dollars on our insurance, but I need twenty thousand to fix this claim. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's a tough conversation to have with somebody. So, you know, I think that some of the other things I see as far as uh, underwriting is some of the schools of thought are use X for door, and we're just not in that market anymore. It's every market's different. Every you know construction type, close proximity to coast. Is it vacant? Is it student housing? what type of roof, what type of wiring. There's so many different pieces and nuances that go to that. It makes it tough to say it's 250 a door. And that's what people are so used to doing because they want to, you know, blow in and go. And on these underwritings, you know, they're taught to underwrite a hundred deals a week or 20 deals a week. And, you know, so plugging that number in is the fast way to do that. And I get that. And I understand that I do, but if you go into a deal and you sign an LOI doing in that, you're going to be disappointed 
I mean, we've seen a lot of situations where lenders are cutting loan proceeds because of that. Because, you know, even lenders are doing it. We had a lender do it with a coastal property once. They used inland, you know, offshore like uh, rates for a coastal property. And the insurance was about 30 or 40% higher. And they wanted to cut loan proceeds a week before closing up to $200,000. We had to get creative with deductible structure and, and things of that nature to kind of help offset that. And we got lucky doing that. But, you know, we see that very, very often where it's like you said, just no one knows what's going on in this insurance world. And that's what we try to do. Sure. We just try to, Hey, look, this is what we're here for. This is, you know, just like every team should have an attorney and a, and a property man, you know, and all of those things. We, right. we want to be the insurance guy for your team. Are you about to start a podcast or producing a podcast and tired of doing the editing yourself? We have produced over 1,000 daily shows and the production team that I've created, they're now available to produce shows for you as well. We can do as little or as much as you need from finding and communicating with guests, preparing introductions, to editing the audio and video. You will sound better, have a more professional presence, and be able to spend your time doing other valuable tasks on your business. Let me know you're interested by emailing me directly at Whitney at LifeBridgeCapital.com. Our guest is Matt Sudica. Thanks for being on the show, Matt. Hey, thank you very much for having me. So speaking to the the new syndicator, new operator, somebody that's just coming into this business, maybe they've had a, you know, a few rentals in the past for single family homes, same things like that. But now they're looking, they are putting in, you know, LOIs or, or potential LOIs on, on larger properties now. They're growing their syndication business. What are just some tips on the insurance standpoint that you see when you're speaking to new operators, things that they miss or things that they, they just don't know they don't know yet? Yeah, I think the, the two biggest things is get with me yesterday. The faster I can get the deal and work on it, the more I can be aggressive on it. So I think new syndicators will see that, that if I get it quicker and we get a rate and then they actually win the deal, then I have 60 days, right? Where I can continue to beat up that rate all the way till about two weeks before closing until I have to get that final invoice basically in. So I think that's key. And then I think the other biggest thing is for a new syndicator and really all syndicators to a point is what the insurance cost on the OM or even the T12, we can use that as an indication, but to expect it always to hit that or to have that knowledge, I think that's probably the number one conversation I have is the OM or the T12 will say 78,000 and I'll come in at 89, right? And the conversation I have on a daily basis is, if you really think it's 74, ask the seller for their policies because we can need to see it. Because various things that I think a new syndicator and just in general is that when we're going on these deals, we're going to have Fannie, Freddie, Arbor, Bancorp type of requirements, right? That are full bells and whistles and umbrellas and all this stuff. That current owner could be sitting on that property for 10 years. They could have GL only for all I know, right? They might not even have a loan on it. They could have it as part of a large portfolio. So we use that as an indication and we try to get close or beat it. But really understanding that in, unless we actually see that policy or we can prove that that's actually what they're paying, we use it as an indication and not the end-all be-all number. And that's what we're trying to prove for these syndicators anyways. Otherwise, you would just use the T12 and move on, right? 
Right. Yeah. And that's some great advice. Like I ask the seller for the insurance policy and all they can do is say no. Right. And then you're really going to question, okay, (laughs) that number, right? Here's the best thing about asking for those insurance policies. At the end of the day, the seller wants to close too. Right. And I always say this and sometimes people look at me funny or right now we're everything zoom and phone. So they're, I, I know they're looking at me funny just through the phone is that if the seller has a, an awesome policy, most likely I have that carrier, right? And if that's the best rate out there and they get me those policies, there's not a carrier in the world, most likely that I can't convince to let me be aware and flip that over to my new buyer. They don't want to lose the business, right? 100K account, 200K account. Why would they want to, right? They already like the risk. So that's the other thing that I'm like, get me that policy because maybe I can beat that. But if we can't, I bet I can get that, you know, for you. And that's, that's easy. It's already there. They already know it. And you probably can even skip the inspection because it's already probably been done recently. Interesting. So if, they, if we can get that policy, and then you can figure out who that provider is and, and connect with them and skip a lot of the process. I had one just the other day. It was already with State Auto, which is one of my bigger carriers, and called my rep up and said, hey, you already have this. They looked it up, said, yeah. So do you like it? Yeah, of course. I said, my guy is buying this in September. Can you requote it? I'll get you a BOR and we like that price. We're good with it. They were like, absolutely. It just makes sense. What carrier, it's not like they're in love with the owner, right? Like they're in love with the property, right? And the risk. So whether the LLC is Main Street LLC or John Smith LLC, they just want to keep the business. So it's really actually quite the tool that a lot of people forget about. What are a couple mistakes that you see new operators or even experienced operators making when getting the proper insurance? Getting the proper insurance, I think it's the biggest mistake I see is syndicators or whoever doing the blanket approach where they like they haven't found their person yet or they're just trying they all they care about is rate 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 and they go out to like 17 different brokers and like blanket the market. And to me, that is the, you know, initially you're probably thinking, I'll tell you like, oh, that's bad for Matt because he has competition. It's really bad for that syndicator because we all have carriers that we have really strong relationships with. And there's a thing called blocking the market, right? So first in blocks the market, right? So if all of a sudden they send it out to four or five people and that first broker goes and just blankets the market, and then they come to me, I can't do anything. And I might be able to do things better or whatever. So that's a mistake I see a lot on new people or like maybe the first time I work with them, I find out like two weeks later, Allison, I text them like, did you want to like everybody in the United States who sells insurance because we're blocked everywhere. And they're like, Oh yeah, I didn't even think about it. I just, you know, went out. So I think that's the biggest mistake is that at the end of the day, if you work with me or there's other brokers out there, right? Like don't get me wrong. I'm not the only one, right. That's in this space is when you have your person, they're going to have 99% of the carriers. There's not a billion carriers in this space. You only need one really good broker who will go out to all the markets for you and, and take care of it and get a good job done. So that's the biggest mistake I'm I'm seeing. And then other than that, I think just as we alluded to, just understanding the numbers and understanding that there might be a difference in the policy that this, that you need for a new purchase with all the re- lender requirements compared to what the current owner who could own it for 20 years might have. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 